the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Yeah, I've heard all that before. Not sure I believe any of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> good afternoon. I, You know, the holidays are here, feeling good, looking forward to friends and family gathering. So, you know, you kind of get, uh, I don't know, what am I getting, a little bit... Um, less serious. Actually, we're going to be a little serious later on in today's program because we're going to talk about cybersecurity, you and Black Friday. Oh, I know, I know. You're going to be lined up sharp at 6 a.m. behind your computer and out there trying to find the best gift, right? That that being in line at 6 a.m. in front of Macy's or the Emporium, I think exists anymore, doesn't it? That doesn't, does. No, it doesn't. Uh, that's not for me. But, uh, you know, ordering things online at the holidays, more of us are doing it, and yet we have greater reason and cause for concern. We're going to talk with the technical director of the CIA's Internet Program Team. He was also senior vice president at McAfee. Heard of them? Yeah. And we're going to talk about cybersecurity. You know, back in the day, we used to be worried about the sites that we went to. Now the big concern is what's coming to you. We'll talk about that. Dr. Eric Cole joins us later on in tonight's program. You're worried about Thursday. I know. Confess it. I can see that look, that furrowed brow of yours. We've set up cameras in your car. That's how we know this. And you're worried about the outcome of the turkey. Well, never fear. The Butterball Turkey Lady is here, and she will give us some insights on how to cook the perfect bird. Yes, indeed, on Thursday. A lot of people get intimidated either because they don't do it that often or it's just such a massive thing to deal with, you know. Uh, but actually, there are some easy tips to how to create the perfect Thanksgiving meal, the fights with family members and Uncle John dropping the entire plate of cranberries on your Clean white carpeting notwithstanding. So that's going to be coming up a little bit later on. As we leap off, though, we do begin with some good news tonight. Longtime listeners to this program know our collective efforts at supporting the persecuted church in so many parts of the world. And of course, we have been, you have been, I should say, responsible for sending tens of thousands of Bibles to the persecuted church in China. And I would guess probably over the years that number's got to be in the neighborhood of, I don't know, 100,000 Bibles that you directly provided to fellow believers in China. And of course, many of us are aware of just how widespread persecution is against Christians throughout China. And so tonight we've got some good news. And to give us more detail on the fate of Ting Shui, we are joined by Brad Dacus. Brad is the founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute, also happens to be a constitutional lawyer, that we try, try not to hold that against him. <laughs> Brad, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving a day or two early. 
Oh, to you too, Craig. Definitely. It's, uh, we def- it's definitely a time to celebrate. Absolutely. And this is a big win because when a fellow brother in Christ that has been so horrifically tortured and persecuted for his faith and successful at being able to escape communist China to here where there is religious freedom and then for his fate to be in the balance for so long, that indeed is a cause to celebrate. Tell us a bit about the history here and what's happened. Oh, you bet. Uh, this gentleman, uh, Ting Zhu, uh, was uh, beaten and imprisoned by Chinese interrogators. Uh, he escaped his, uh, his homeland for the United States. And uh, at a p- federal appeals court, though, uh, strangely ruled that it's not religious persecution when a person has to practice their faith in private in order to avoid punishment. And, of course, you know, we at Pacific Justice Institute say, well, no, that is persecution. <laughs> if you have to, you know, hide and, and pray in a closet, that's persecution. And so, uh, anyway, in May, we at Pacific Justice Institute filed a friend-of-the-court brief asking the United States Supreme Court to review uh, the ruling of the U.S. Court of Appeals and uh, for the, the Tenth Circuit uh, decision and uh, after uh, Jeff Sessions, the, you know, uh, the uh, Department of Justice, um, you know, he got he got involved, and uh, and after reopening the case, Department of Justice remanded it uh, to the Board of Immigration Appeals, uh, the BIA, which interprets and, uh, and applies U.S. immigration laws. And uh, he granted they granted the uh, asylum uh, to, uh, to to Mr. Zhu, and and that's a real uh, nice success, and it's and it's partly the the, the credit of. Uh, this administration's attorney general, and I don't, I'm not so sure we would have had that result uh, in the former administration. So this is really good news. And do you think it'll help set a little bit of a precedent here in terms of sensitivity? I, I know, and I don't want to open up the proverbial hornet's nest here in terms of all the debate over immigration and so forth, but there there seems to be a, a little bit of cold-heartedness going on in some cases that have made their way to the news. Um, you know, uh, I'm of the belief, fine, if you're going to deal with enforcing immigration law, you're, number one, you're 35 years too late, but that's okay. Deal with it, and let's start with dealing with the ones that are direct threats to the United States, terrorists, serial criminals. Criminals, gang members with strong gang affiliations, criminal records, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Instead, we've we found some of that, and a lot of cases of people that just well they overstay their visit here, and so we're going to kick them out. And meanwhile, we look at somebody like this, and I mean, it was even up for debate for all that we do let in on HB one visas to take American <laughs> jobs, and yet somebody who's seeking r- religious asylum, we even had to debate this? This is That's troubling. Do you think this is going to be a little bit more direction toward reasoned policy when it comes to being able to provide asylum to people that need it the most? Oh, I definitely do. It's, it's a very, very significant. You know, we at Pacific Justice Institute have taken on handling these uh, religious asylum cases for people who've had uh, religious persecution, often from uh, the Middle East or China and uh, and Bangladesh, and and so uh, it's going to really help us uh, help those who uh, are being persecuted, those who may be on on you know uh, uh, death list, if you will, uh, if they're sent back to their countries. Uh, so this is a, a definite victory for those of us who appreciate religious freedom, but also those of us who just really value human rights and human dignity. Uh, for those who um, are really seeking to come to this country for the most important reason of all. 
and that is for religious freedom, and that's what our nation was completely founded upon with our first immigrants. All right. Well, that's certainly, again, uh, some good news tonight, so we appreciate the update and also certainly your your efforts on behalf of our fellow believer, Ting Chu. Uh, now, as we are just a couple of days away from Thanksgiving, um, folks are thinking about end-of-year giving, and um, I just want you to say a bit of a word about the great work that Pacific Justice Institute does. Oh, thank you, Craig. I appreciate that. Yeah, we at Pacific Justice Institute handle more cases on the West Coast, in particular California, defending religious freedom, parents' rights, and sanctity of human life than any other legal organization of our kind, bar none. And by God's grace, we have five offices. Uh, we have an office full-time, including a full-time office right there in the San Francisco Bay Area, hundreds of affiliate attorneys, and we do all of our work without charge, every single one to make sure no one is left on the side of the road, which is very, very unique. We don't just take on the high-profile cases. And we love to serve um, the people in the Bay Area and, and of course, all, all across the country, but particularly here in California. And it's our, our joy and pleasure to be here on the, the front line, which uh, I call California, the beaches of Normandy, if you will. And uh, God's, uh, God's given us lots of grace, and we really appreciate that, the support of those who become a partner with our ministry. Yeah, we need more landings here, too, I think, in order to, to repel back the enemy. But that's, that's good stuff. Um, folks want to get more information, they can go online to pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. One of these days, let's do an event here in the Bay Area. I would love that. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. remember your old friends, you know, especially the really old ones like me that are getting gray and decrepit and overweight and all that stuff. You know, keep us in mind, would you? Yeah. <laughs> Will do. Will do, Craig. All right. Uh, again, encourage you to uh, continue to pray for and stand in support of this vital ministry and one of the few that does what it does and, of course, does it so well. Pacific Justice Institute online. You can do your giving there at pacificjustice.org. That's pacificjustice.org. And our thanks ever so much to the founder and president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. All right, we're at 515, aren't we? Sure we are. You can press that button right there. Got it. Okay. Oh, can you tell he's going to be off on Thursday and Friday? I'll tell you right now. Let's uh, knee-deep in turkeys. We're going to talk turkey in just a moment. But right now, let's talk traffic, shall we? Some, There you go. And sometimes traffic can be a turkey, as we're about to find out from Michael Bennett in the KFAX Traffic Center. Hey, Michael, what's going on? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Time now on this edition of Lifeline to talk turkey. So, Craig, I've listened to your show for years. <laughs> the show went to the turkeys years ago. <laughs> well, we're going to do it in a more significant fashion today as we prepare for Thanksgiving. And, of course, traditional in the American menu on Thanksgiving, in addition to things like your pumpkin pie or pecan pie or certainly cranberries, is the traditional Thanksgiving turkey. But ironically, a lot of folks somehow are intimidated by cooking a turkey, maybe perhaps because of the size or in some cases the infrequency in which uh, turkey is uh, cooked. Although I got to tell you, I can have turkey any time of the year. In fact, I bought two in preparation for Thanksgiving, one that I'll enjoy with the family, about uh, 12 of us Thanksgiving Day, and another one 
tucked away in the freezer there. And long about sometime in December or January, that'll come out and we'll enjoy turkey once again. If turkey's on the menu for your home this Thanksgiving, and yet you're a bit intimidated about how to go about actually cooking the perfect bird, well, we've got the butterball turkey lady to the rescue. Charlotte Draper joins us now. And uh, Charlotte, when we talk about cooking the perfect turkey. Is it true that a lot of folks just get intimidated by this, maybe because it's it's such a large animal? It's certainly much bigger than the average chicken if we're talking about cooking fowl here. Uh, and so as a result, folks just kind of get scared by the whole process? Well, I think folks do get intimidated, but what we've learned here at the Butterball Turkey Talk Line is that, first of all, people need to relax. And the number one question that we're getting right about now is, I have a turkey and the turkey is not thawed yet. What can I do? And the answer to that is to place the turkey breast down in the original wrapper in a sink of cold water. Cold water thawing is the best thing to do when you're at the 11th hour and trying to get the turkey thawed. So let's talk about this, because obviously a lot of the stores prefer to sell uh, the frozen turkeys, although there are some uh, uh, you know, refrigerator temperature turkeys available, but, but largely most stores are selling the frozen turkeys. Under ideal circumstances, we're two days out here from Thanksgiving. When should that bird come out? And then you talk about placing it in the sink filled with not warm but cold water. How often should that water be changed, Charla? You should change the water as often as you can. We know that frequent changing of the water will make it thaw more quickly. And as for bringing the turkey out, it depends on what size turkey you've purchased. We know that you need to allow about one 24-hour day for every four pounds of turkey weight. And that's where people are a little challenged because, oh, I can just take it out and thaw it in about two days. Yeah, and it doesn't work that way. On that basis, otherwise Thanksgiving will be along about Friday of next week. <laughs> right, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, people will sometimes try to take shortcuts. Can this be risky in terms of, well, I'm not going to use cold water, I'll use hot water because it'll thaw faster, or I'm going to stick it in the microwave and try to thaw it that way? What are the pitfalls of that? Well, we don't suggest trying to thaw a turkey larger than 12 pounds in the microwave. And microwave thawing can be a little bit more um, labor-intensive. You have to be hands-on, whereas if you place it breast down in the cold water, that frees you up to do some other things. And we always recommend that people thaw the turkey either in the refrigerator or in the cold water bath, that um, hot water and just leaving it on the counter, those are not good food-safe handling practices, and that's where you can run into trouble in terms of uh, really having, you know, a bird that's of good quality to eat. You don't want to create any food safety issues when you're preparing a meal. So proper thawing is as important as proper preparation, as proper cooking, and then, of course, the enjoyable experience of eating. Let's talk about preparation. I'll, I'll never forget, and I'm sure you've probably had some calls like this down through the years to the um, Butterball Turkey Hotline, which, by the way, for listeners, any question you might have about how to thaw, prepare, serve the perfect Butterball Turkey, you can give them a call toll-free at 800-BUTTERBALL. That's 800 800- 288-8372. And uh, if you don't have a pen handy, I'll share that number again with you in a few moments. But, uh, Charla, I'll never forget years ago, a friend of mine said, well, you cook turkeys all the time, don't you? Uh-huh. He said, Do, does every turkey come with a surprise bag? 
<laughs> and I paused and I said, what surprise bag? Okay, you have to explain to me, what do you mean? Well, we, we cooked the turkey, so on and so forth. And then as we were carving the turkey, we found the surprise bag. I said, you know, a, a turkey is not like a box of Cracker Jack. <laughs> explain the preparation process that includes dealing with, as my friend called it, the surprise bag. Well, most fresh and frozen turkeys, uh, particularly our, you know, our butterball turkeys, would have the turkey neck and the giblets packaged with the turkey. The neck is generally the neck will be in the body cavity and the bag of giblets will be in the neck cavity. And for new cooks, we remind them that they need to take these things out. However, if they forget to take the neck or the giblets out of the turkey and the turkey is prepared with them in there, never fear, the bag is non toxic. Simply throw those giblets away if you cook them in the turkey, and your turkey is perfectly safe to eat. Okay, so even if you make the mistake and find the surprise bag, <laughs> the turkey <laughs> itself is still okay. All right, so once you, you've cleaned the turkey, uh, let's talk a bit about uh, preparing the turkey. Do butterballs need to be trussed? No. One of the great things about our butterball turkeys is that when they are processed, we cut them in such a way so that the turkey legs are tucked under a band of skin. There's no trussing or tying or plastic or metal or anything like that. They're just tucked under um, the natural skin of the turkey, and that skin, the legs can be released if you're stuffing the turkey with a bread stuffing, and when you finish adding the stuffing, simply tuck the legs back under there. So that's that's really one of the beauties of our butterball turkey. I know that there are so many different modes of cooking turkeys. You've got the high heat method. Some folks, if they like to buy gallons and gallons of oil, will deep fry them, things of this sort. But for the folks that are just getting started, they want to cook the perfect butterball turkey. Give us a couple of tips here, if you would, Charlotte, just in terms of how to go about cooking the, the easiest, most safest in terms of quality of the, of the outcome of the experience method of cooking a turkey. Well, you know, over the years in talking on the talk line, we have learned that about 25% of our callers are men. And in order to make sure that we're sharing a pretty much foolproof way of cooking, we always suggest the open pan method for people that are new cooks. And that means you place the turkey, thaw it out, it's breast up on a flat rack in an open, shallow pan. That can be one of the pans that you pick up at the grocery store, those foil disposable pans. Brush the turkey skin with a little vegetable oil to prevent the skin from drying. You want to put the turkey in a preheated 325-degree oven. We suggest you try to use a meat thermometer that is either a roasting thermometer that can stay in the turkey while it's cooked, or have an instant read thermometer so at the end of the cooking time you can check the turkey temperature. The temperature you want to get the turkey to come to would be three would be one eighty in the thigh or dark meat and one sixty five to one seventy in the turkey breast or the white meat. Once you take the turkey out of the oven, we suggest that you let the turkey rest about twenty minutes and that allows the turkey juices to settle and will help you slice, have more even turkey slices. If yeah, you slice the turkey and it's too hot, 
usually you're not very happy with how the slice comes yeah, out. They, it, they it tends to, to kind of tear, doesn't it, and shred? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and, and I've, heard, I've had novices joke, say, let the turkey rest. Why, is it tired from all that time in the oven? Well, it's tired. <laughs> it is. He has had a busy day. It has. Now, at 325, what's the rule of thumb in terms of how many minutes per pound? You know, Craig, we really don't give our recommendations in terms of minutes per pound because, like people, turkeys come in different shapes. Some are more long, some are more round. So because there's such a variance in terms of the turkey's shape, we recommend using the meat thermometer. That's the most accurate indicator of doneness. Is there a ballpark time, though, in terms of, because I know of some folks that say, well, I put the turkey in at midnight, and I put it at low heat, and it sits there, and it cooks for eight hours. Now, at 325, if you put the bird in uh, for eight hours, you would have nuclear waste when it was all said and done. Uh, Is there a ballpark ID in terms of the average length of time that I ought to kind of be figuring so I can plan the rest of the meal around that? Well, what you'll find with your butterball turkey is there will be a chart enclosed in terms of how long you should cook it, depending on the particular turkey that you have. Uh, It'll give you a cooking time based on your turkey weight and whether or not you are stuffing the turkey. Okay, so time different, whether it's being stuffed versus unstuffed. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, if it's a stuffed turkey, you will need to cook it a little bit longer. Okay, once we've taken the turkey out, any recommendation in terms of the amount of time that we ought to allow it to rest prior to beginning carving? I would suggest 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And yeah. any preference over the type of knife? I've always liked to use an electric knife. I seem to have the best, uh, the best experience with an electric knife. But any preferences in terms of what tends to give you the, the, the best control and the most accurate cut? The electric knife can be great for slicing turkey, and the other thing that's really important in terms of choosing a knife is to make sure your knife is sharp. I have to tell you, when my dad would carve the turkey, even if the knife were sharpened professionally before the holiday started, he always had to have the sharpening steel and sharpen it again himself at the table. That's part of the show, right? Yeah, I think that was part of his ritual. <laughs> That's part of the show. And you mentioned about uh, lightly brushing the uh, the outside of the bird with vegetable oil. Any other seasonings do you recommend beyond that? Well, I would suggest you want to, well, we know there's so many recipes that different people like to use. I think you can do a great job with just salt and pepper, maybe a little bit of garlic, sage, of course, and uh, I like to use sometimes uh, fresh thyme if that's available. Excellent. And again, if folks have any questions during this process, uh, they're free to call the Butterball Turkey Hotline. Again, toll free at 800-BUTTERBALL. That's 800-288-8372. And something special and kind of unique this year, you mentioned, Charlotte, that fully 25% of your callers to the Butterball Turkey Hotline are guys. You've actually got some Butterball turkey guys that are on staff this year uh, shelling out some uh, advice and information, too. Yes, we have uh, two new colleagues who are men, and uh, I think they're enjoying their time on the talk line and are surprised at actually how busy it is. But we know that men are cooking more and certainly year-round, and we thought it would be great to have the male perspective sharing with 
some of the men who call in on the talk line. Absolutely. And again, if you need information anywhere along the process, uh, give them a call toll free. They are available to answer questions in terms of prep time, how to prep, how to cook, how to serve. Just give them a call at the Butterball Turkey Hotline at 800-288-8372. That's 800 800- Two eight eight eighty three seventy two, and our thanks to Charlotte Draper for that turkey update. So this way, your Thanksgiving will feature a turkey instead of turning out to be a turkey meal. I'm Craig Roberts. Again, details eight hundred two eight eight eighty three seventy two for the Butterball Turkey Hotline. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. Well, if you are like many Americans on Thanksgiving, well, after the final football game is concluded and Uncle Charlie has been asleep on the couch for 45 minutes, you'll settle in behind a computer somewhere and begin your early shopping. And certainly, I know you're going to invest most of your day on Black Friday doing a lot of online shopping. And, you know, there was a long period of time when we used to fear where you went, what sites that you would visit, or perhaps Google and be taken to unwittingly so that you had to be concerned about. But as we're about to learn, the cause today is elevated. It's not just a matter of fearing where you go, but now you have to fear what comes to you. Offering some insights now is the CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, Dr. Eric Cole, a former cybersecurity commissioner under the Obama administration. He's the author, by the way, of an upcoming book called Online Danger, How to Protect Yourself and Your Loved Ones from the Evil Side of the Internet. That's due to be released in January of this coming year. He served as technical director for the CIA's Internet Program Team and was also a senior vice president at McAfee. We're about to hear from somebody who knows what he's talking about. Dr. Eric Cole, welcome to the conversation. Thank you for having me. Well, we're learning more and more. As I say, it's not just where you go, it's what comes to you. And and I've noticed, in fact, the other day I, I had an update. Maybe some folks can relate to this. I had an update Um, through my preferred browser, that's Firefox, and all of a sudden now I'm finding lots of things have changed, and they're asking permissions for this and permission for that. Anybody that's updated um, any of their OSs on their cell phones also know that on an increasing basis, it seems to be more and more intrusive. What exactly are they after? The, The adversaries are basically after anything they can use to make money. Credit card information, social security numbers, personal data, banking information. We even seen some cases where they will take pictures and blackmail you of those pictures. Let's say are a little incriminating and you're married that your spouse might like might not want to find out about and things like that. Anything these folks can use to make money, cyber adversaries, it's all about big business. And, of course, this is kind of across the board, is it not? Meaning that it's not just the quote-unquote uh, legitimate guys that trade on Wall Street, but it's just about everybody that's got an app out there. Exactly. And that's really the big thing to remember today is everyone's a target. I often talk to folks going, Eric, I'm not that important. Nobody's going to come after me. But today it's just about the numbers. The adversary doesn't care who you are. They need to steal 10,000 credit cards, and you're just one of 10,000. So every app that you download, every email that you click on could be a potential threat. 
And of course, as we become more and more technology dependent, and I was shocked to read just doing some research for our conversation today that according to some of the latest information from Pew Research, there are 315 million registered active cell, I'm sorry, 327 million registered active cell phones in America, and there's only 315 million of us that live in the country, which means some people have two devices, no doubt. And of course, with all of that means 95% penetration to American adults. Well, if every one of us is running around with a cell phone, and we do everything from our, you know, surfing to email to Facebook to online purchases through our cell phone, that means there's an awful lot of information out there that's available to be harvested. Exactly. And not only is there so much information because we're recording our lives on our cell phones, but they are with us everywhere. They sleep with us. They go everywhere. And these devices can track your location. These apps can potentially turn on your camera, turn on your microphone. So the next time you're in your bedroom or another location, imagine that that phone could be turned on and recording everything that's going on. And it was funny. I, I watched this message come up on my cell phone here a couple of weeks ago saying that, you know, there are some important updates and make sure that you have access to uh, wireless and uh, then don't touch the phone while it's updating. And then suddenly it goes to update the apps, and I get this long list of all these apps, some of which I don't even recognize the names, frankly, that are asking for permissions. And, 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 I, and I thought to myself then, and I'll ask you the same question that I pondered at the moment, why does a silly gaming app need access to my camera, my microphone, my location, my photo gallery, and my contact list. And the answer is simple, it doesn't. And, and that's the problem. Our phones are spying on us because we're allowing it. When we install these apps, we're so desperate to get the apps installed, we hit accept, 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 and you're basically allowing the app to access all these areas, and you just ask that million-dollar question, why does a game need to access my camera, my pictures, my email? It doesn't, but if we allow it, it can, and that poses a risk and exposure. And normally with any of these, and, and certainly you see that on the Internet when you go to either download software or update something, there is a list of terms and conditions. Now, I have to confess, and, I, and you tell me whether I'm like the average American or not, uh, but I live a busy life. i got a lot going on. I'm not a lawyer, so I don't have time. I have neither the, the ability legally nor the technical proudness to sit down and read a 35-page terms and conditions list. All I know is there's a really neat piece of software out there that somebody told me will do some really great stuff, and so I'm going to go out and buy it or download it and install it on my home computer, my laptop, or on my, my mobile device. And I'm not really paying any attention. So I guess when we hit accept, we're kind of, we're kind of buying into this, aren't we? Absolutely. And, and that's the problem with where the law is. The law says as long as the consumer accepts your terms and conditions, you can do anything that's listed there. However, we all know that nobody is going to read 2.5 that's 85 pages long, but essentially all those agreements are saying, listen, we can do all this stuff. You're agreeing to it. And if you don't like it, don't install the app. But if you install the app, you're basically giving us permission, and most people have no idea they're doing that. 
Yeah, and it's curious because I found a few apps that tried to do this update that seemed to suddenly want access to more and more. And when I said, you know, no, I don't accept that, I, I noticed that they suddenly disappeared off the update list, which tells me they didn't get an update because I didn't accept giving them access to all this stuff. Exactly. And, and that's really what you want to do is we sort of have this addiction where people have this game, whoever has the most apps on their phone wins. And I mean, people download the craziest apps and question, flip through your apps and say, how many of these apps have I actually used in the last three months? And with most people I talk to, 80% of the apps on their phone they do not use, but they can cause harm. So my question is, this holiday season when you're watching football, go through your phone and delete all the extra apps. And there's some other crazy angles to this that I want to get to right after we take a brief time out here. I want to get folks updated on traffic. But we, the growing number of people, of course, that just love the new iPhone, and Siri's been around for a while. And isn't it great to be able to talk to your iPhone and have your iPhone talk back to you? Google has gotten into the game. And, of course, I think no doubt one of the big hot-selling items this Christmas is going to be Alexa and all of that. We already know about smart TVs that even seem to know when we come into the room But with all of the advancements and the convenience that comes with this, I think we're beginning to discover from Dr. Eric Cole that there is a huge potential price to be paid. I want to talk about that in a moment and have Dr. Cole specifically answer the question, so just how vulnerable are we? We know that it's fun to talk to Siri, but can Siri be gathering information on this that maybe we don't want her or it to have? Dr. Eric Cole, he is the CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, former cybersecurity commissioner under the Obama administration, technical director for the CIA's in, uh, internet program team. He also served at one time as senior vice president of McAfee, and he's got a new book coming out called Online Danger, How to Protect Yourself and Your Loved Ones from the Evil Side of the Internet. Just remember the title, Online Danger. Uh, make a note so that you can check it out on Amazon once it gets released in January because it's going to be a hot book, and it's one that I think is going to be a huge eye-opener and maybe a very shocking one for all of us. Let's take a time out. We'll have Dr. Cole answer those pointed questions about what about smart TVs and Siri and Alexa, and are they gathering in the process of giving us convenience? Are they gathering information about us that could potentially be used against us. Ah, back to more of the paranoia hour right after a quick update on traffic. Paranoia, but I think with great cause for concern, right? Let's check out the latest traffic-wise. If you're paranoid about the ride home tonight, maybe you got reason to be. Let's find out. Michael Bennett's got the latest in the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. We are talking cybersecurity with cybersecurity expert, expert Dr. Eric Cole, CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting. He served as a cybersecurity commissioner under the Obama administration, also served as technical director for the CIA's Internet Program Team. He was senior vice president at the uh, um, McAfee Software Company and author of a new upcoming book called Online Danger, How to Protect Yourself and Your Loved Ones from the Evil Side of the Internet. Okay, 
lot of folks, surprise, surprise, will get an iPhone 10 for Christmas or maybe some of the new Alexa devices, things of this sort. The fact that we can talk to our phone or talk to a a circle sitting on top of the table and play our favorite radio station or or, uh, take us to, uh, you know, call a pizza delivery company is great stuff. But that means it's listening, Dr. Cole, and I suppose it it listens to everything, doesn't it? What does it do with all that information? What could it do with that information? It essentially can do anything it wants with that information. Now, the main reason that we use it is because it will optimize our requests so the next time we ask for information, it already knows what we want and it knows our interests and our likes. The problem is anything that can be used for good can be used for evil. And I always tell people, pay very close attention. A lot of the times you use these free email services, you use Alexa, you use other things. Notice that the ads that you're getting are very related to your conversation. And if you don't believe me, go in and with Alexa, talk about saying you want to go on a vacation to France and bring that up five or six times. And what you'll see is on your browsing history, you'll start getting advertisements and ads for airlines to France, for hotels. It's watching and using this to do target marketing. Wow. And, you know, when you think about that level, yeah, there's a degree. You say how nice, how convenient, but how horrifically invasive all of this really is. Exactly. Like one of the new features that they have with Alexa, with the Alexa app, it's called Alexa Drop. And what you can actually do is if your kids are home by themselves and you set up the device, you can turn it on without them knowing and listening on their conversation. (laughs) Now, you you could say as a parent, that's a good thing, but come on, we could probably come up with 20 evil ways that could be misused. Well, not only that, but I think the reality is for everyone that's eavesdropping on this conversation that most of us would say, you know, when a new device comes and you don't understand it, ask a 12-year-old and they'll teach you how to use it. So if anybody's going to be eavesdropping on anyone here, I think there's a greater likelihood the kid's listening in on mom and dad than vice versa. Exactly. <laughs> and what, what if somebody gets – now, here's another question. What if somebody – and we've heard about certain vulnerabilities even in wireless routers and that the, the Web2 uh, technology has a hole in it that could potentially leave us exposed. What would stop somebody with nefarious intentions from sitting in a parked car with a laptop – in front of my house, gaining access to my wireless network, now all of a sudden, are you telling me that they could potentially, if they got the smarts about them, to get access to Alexa and now suddenly eavesdrop on our conversation? In fact, including the fact that my wife and I are taking the kids off to, uh, you know, uh, Hawaii for two weeks, and now that potential criminal knows exactly when I'll be gone? Exactly, and unfortunately, it has moved beyond science fiction because that has happened. There have been cases where it is proven based on the thieves' phone that they actually targeted a house by listening in and finding out when they're going to be away, especially during the holiday season. Wouldn't it be nice to know who's going away for Thanksgiving, how many days they're going away if you're a thief? And then to make it even scarier, there have been cases where not only the Alexa, but you have these in-house video cameras where some really slimeball people have targeted children 
and turned on these cameras to be able to watch and monitor the children. So things are getting really scary when these devices are turned against us. Yeah, I, in fact, I read a story recently about a man who saw a guy that kept parking in front of his house and realized that this guy was uh, a pedophile and was watching a, a, a wireless security camera that was sitting in his daughter's bedroom. Wow. You know, the other thing, too, is just in terms of of the degree to which innocently things can evade our privacy or capture our information. One of the phenomena that I've experienced, and I'm getting more careful about when I turn on and off my location on my cell phone, and that is you walk into a store innocently, you walk out, and within a couple of minutes, suddenly you either have a coupon that's been texted to you or a survey message sitting on your phone. And I'm thinking, how did they get their hands on this? But maybe through my location being turned on. Exactly. We often think there's a lot of coincidences going on, and it's not a coincidence. It's you're giving away a lot of information. They're gaining access to your device, and a lot of apps are giving away location, browsing history, and others so they can target you for specific needs. Now, to get $20 off at a restaurant, that might seem like a cool thing, but just think of all the negative and adverse ways that could be used against you. All right. Now, let me ask you the big question here then. And uh, obviously, your new book that comes out in January, Online Danger, How to Protect Yourself and Your Loved Ones from the Evil Side of the Internet, is going to dig real deep into this topic. And and there's going to be a huge takeaway for people. But in, in short term, we're going to launch into a lot of time on the Internet this coming Friday. And, of course, we know it's here to stay. We know it's all over our lives in the business realm, the personal realm, et cetera, et cetera. Now that you have literally scared the bejeebers <laughs> out of everybody listening to you, what's your advice? How can we better protect ourselves, at least to, if not eliminate, at least be a little bit smarter about reducing the level of vulnerabilities that we all have? Well, I jokingly say being 100% secure in cyberspace is actually very easy. And the solution is go Amish. Give up all your technology and you'll be okay. But assuming you won't do that, a couple of quick tricks. Uh, First one is be careful of public wireless. When, When you're connecting to any wireless, be careful. I know people in their home don't think they're a target. Turn on the encryption change your key, make it hard for anyone to join your wireless network. Second, when you surf the web, don't believe search results. A lot of times when you go to a search engine and put in a new toy that you want to buy for your kids, and the first or second link shows this unbelievable price, and you just want it so bad you click on it, and it's actually a malicious link. Stick to the trusted sites. Remember, if a site that you don't know about is offering an unbelievable deal, it's because they're going to hurt you. So stay away from those scams. Be careful of email. Don't open attachments. And just lock down your devices as much as possible. I know that there's a big push to move towards the HTTPS. Is that important, too, to look for that lock symbol when you're doing any online purchases? Yes, so what that lock symbol does is it basically says that your browser will verify the identity of the site you're going to. So you'll make sure that you're going to a real site and not getting scammed. And you don't have to wait till my book comes out because if you go to onlinedanger.com, I already have a lot of these free resources of how to protect your system during the holiday season. Oh, great. That's onlinedanger.com. Same title as the book. Exactly. 
Great. Well, we're going to send folks in that direction. Listen, you're going to spend a lot of time on the Internet probably starting Friday or maybe, uh, you know, even by the time you're, you're settled down with, uh, you know, finishing off the pumpkin pie Thursday night. Uh, first place you need to go before you go grab all the deals is go grab a little bit of education, onlinedanger.com. That's onlinedanger.com. Are folks able to pre-order the book through that site, too? Yes, they can. Okay. Good way, little little early Christmas gift, you know, get that shopping done now, especially if you have friends and loved ones that are just, you know, tech and Internet gadget gaga, and yet not realizing that all the wonderful apps that they've got, as Dr. Cole points out, just showing off, I got 5,000 apps on my cell phone, <laughs> vulnerable you are making yourself. So if going Amish is not an option to you, then we need to get smart. And uh, Dr. Cole, when the book comes out, I'd love to get you back on the show. That would be wonderful. Thank you so much. Let's do it. Thank you, sir, for your time. It's been uh, a great education today. And and hopefully, again, I don't want to scare you going into the holidays here and you're looking forward to doing all your online shopping or you're going to spend a lot of time, you know, innocently browsing eBay, whatever. Make sure you're doing it smart. And as you're unwrapping or even considering what you buy For friends and family at Christmas, make sure as you're entering deeper into the realm of technology that you know what you are giving up. In a lot of cases, your personal information also means surrendering a lot of your privacy. Dr. Eric Cole, CEO of Secure Anchor Consulting, OnlineDanger.com. That's OnlineDanger.com. Check it out. Pre-order the book. Get educated. Play it safe when you're on the Internet or Dealing with your new Alexa toy, or I know the iPhone 10 that you're already wrapping with me in mind, right? Terrell says, not a chance. Not worth a thousand bucks to you, huh? <sighs> oh, well. Can I at least get an orange in my stocking at Christmas? <laughs> well, put me in my place. Michael Bennett, put us in our place when it comes to traffic, would you? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.